Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. That is, and the old enemy questions you, and... Uh, I started looking other places last night and, uh, and just come right back just to this again. Even through the night, and I knew what I was supposed to do and what I needed to do. Amen. So there's always a battle when you want to do something for God. Always a battle. Man, I'm going to be turning to 2 Kings this morning. Amen. In fact, I'm, I'm reading right there about where we was the last time, only just a different part of it. 2 Kings chapter number 4, and I'm going to read verse 20 and 21, amen, and then I'm going to drop down to verse number 32. Verse number 20, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And shut the door upon him and went out. Hallelujah. I want to drop down to verse number 32. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and he walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. Hallelujah. I want to turn to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. In fact, I'm not even sure that I put both of these, but I'm going to do first 6 and 7. Amen. 6 and 7. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. I want you to notice this. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. Lord, I thank you for the spirit that I feel in this place this morning. And asking you, Lord, that you would move upon our minds and bring them together, God, for this is your word. It's not about me this morning, but it's about you. Lord, I pray that you would touch lives and hearts this morning by the word of God. Put a stir in our spirits, God, for this day and for this hour. Lord, for we must have revival. We cannot wait another year, Lord. We must have revival in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And you can be seated. Jesus' name. I want to speak on this subject. The restless, the restless state. The restless state. Notice something in our scripture that she made... No preparation for the barrel of the child. But she made preparation for his resurrection. What a great thing. Isn't that just like Jesus? I began to think, and, and the more that God began to lead me this way, Brother Terry, I began to think of the state that the world is in today. I began to think of the unrest can I say, the restlessness. I have never seen a day like today when there is so much unrest in our day. 
you know. What, what a time that it is. In fact, children are even restless. You look around, and I look at my grandchildren, some of them, you know, most of us, a few of them small, the rest of them kind of in between and grown up and stuff. But there is a restlessness. Have you ever noticed that children now has more than they've ever had before, but they don't know for sure what they want to play with? They don't know what game they want. And, and, and let me tell you this, I, I have, God began to deal with me, Brother Freddie, because I've seen this same restlessness in the church. And it began to worry me, Lord began to speak to me. And I thought in the day and the hour that we live in, that we're restless, we can't seem to find anything that satisfies. Our days go by too quick. The weeks pass too quick. And here we are in the seventh month of the year, and you tell me where it went. As I get older, the time seems to pass much quicker. I never, ever thought about reaching the age of 70, and here I'm right on the brink. Come on, never thought about it, never, you know, I was young, and I aim to stay young till I leave this place. Amen. I'll probably never grow up, you know. Uh, and, and, but, but I want to tell you something. There is a restlessness even in my spirit. There's not enough hours in the day, Sister McGee. This week has been crazy busy. We just, Sister McGee and I found out we wasn't young anymore this week. I mean, you know, we're... We're trying to get it all done. We're trying to get ready to go to camp. I, I spent a day on the car. In, well, in the, under the shade, but in the hot. The hottest day this week, and I was out working on the car. My wife was worried. I wasn't worried. I was all right. You know why? Because God had a hold of my hand, and he knew where I was headed and why I was doing what I was doing. Come on. I wasn't restless about that. But I'm going to tell you at the end of the day I was wary. And with all the responsibilities and, 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 and Brother Mason, you know, we hadn't, hadn't even got to see him yet. So we took a trip. We, went, we, took, we took a trip and went and seen him and prayed for him. Amen. And then on Friday, Sister Krista had surgery, very serious surgery. And we were there, and we sat in that surgery, and we got a good time of fellowship, Brother Mike. We really just had a good time of fellowship. And, and I heard some good things, and, and I heard some encouraging things that, that made me feel good. And, and the more that I think about it, Brother Terry, the more I know that I'm in the will of God this morning. I'm right exactly where he wants me. I heard Brother Heath and Sister Krista said we would have liked to went to church camp this year, but this come up, so we couldn't go. But we plan on going next year. I heard Brother Mike and Sister Brenda said maybe things are letting up a little bit. Maybe things will straighten out next year. We go to camp. Come on, church. I'm telling you, God is moving in our midst. If we can get it together, church, everybody's got this restlessness that they want to do something for God and the enemy is out to get you on every hand to get us and he does not want you to receive the blessing that God has already prepared for you. It's a restless hour. Hallelujah. To and fro in the Bible is used some 58 times in Scripture. And isn't it amazing that this child, before when he wakes up, that he sneezes seven times. And I began to think about that a little bit, and so I began to do a little study, and it says that sneezing relieves disorders of the head. It takes obstructions in the head. It, it cleans things out, if you please. Can I say this morning, it hit me this morning as I was sitting at my desk uh, praying, and I thought, we need some sneezing in the church. I don't know about you, but I feel sometimes 
like I need to sneeze. Brother Mike loves to sneeze. He, he, he'll enjoy it. I, I don't, but maybe we should. I've, I've got up sometimes in the morning and, and, and sneezed about 10, 12 times saying, man, if I get in my wife, what's wrong with you? I guess I'm just clearing my head. Need a clear head to start the day. Come on, church. How many of you need a clear head to start your day? How many of you is tired of the devil waiting on you to get out of bed so he can work you over? I need a sneezing this morning. I need a move of God right up here. Oh, glory. I need a quickening of my mind. I need to say, Satan, get out of my way, for today I'm going to have victory. We need to tell him that. We can have the victory. Oh. Woo, Jesus, hallelujah. See, a to and fro state can be good or bad. Yeah, that restlessness can be good or bad. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. See, walking to and fro usually is a sign of uh, unrest. In Job 1 and 7, in our scripture text, I want you to notice what Satan done. The Bible talks about that in verse number, uh, let's say, and, and I believe it was, okay, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, everybody said Satan, came among them. Now I want you to take a look this morning, for Satan was in a state of unrest. Let me tell you that today Satan is in a state of unrest. As he was searching somebody then, he was searching to, to test a child of God. He was searching to test. Let me tell you, if you think that's changed today, you're wrong. Because Satan is walking to and fro, up and down these aisles, trying to find him somebody to test out. He's trying to test the children of God and see if they're what they say they are. My Lord, I'm feeling this. Hallelujah. He, and this, this bothers me when I begin to read it, Brother Freddie, and I think about what the Lord has done and how, how God has placed us in such an awesome place. I begin to think of the power and the anointing that he's given us and the authority, Brother Fred, Terry, over the enemy. And I began to read this, and he came amongst them. Come on. Angels and everybody else walks before God and Satan comes among them. But you notice that there is nobody that recognizes it, only God. I am, I am telling you this morning that I am, I am really worried about our day because I believe Satan is walking among us and we don't even realize he's here. We don't realize that he's trying to get in our mind, that he's trying to change our life. Come on. For the worst, he's trying to head you in the wrong direction. Down the wrong road. He's trying his best to take the church out. He wants to make you not want to come to church. Oh, he don't want you to have the fellowship of God's people. I'm telling you, when we come together, we make a great force, an army against the devil. But when we're alone, if we're not careful, he'll grab a hold of us, brother, and he won't let loose. There's an unrest, church. I'm worried about that unrest. What are we going to do about it? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He was searching for a child of God that he could put to the test, and he's still doing it today. And when I look around, Brother Terry began to look. My wife and I even talked when we went home. He said, Of all the people that were here, we could only count how many of those that sat on our pews. 
be unreal. But somehow, Satan has deceived them. Come on. He's done it in my family. He's done it in our families. Come on, I said he's done it in our families. Every one of us almost has been touched by somebody that's sat on these pews that's not here anymore. A friend or a family member. And that, that brings an unrest to my soul. God, what are we going to do? They don't belong to Satan. He has no right to them. Yet he's got them right now. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to regain them? There's an unrest. See, they're searching for something. They stepped outside the church doors. Not meaning to stay there. I'm, I'm guaranteeing not a one of them meaning to stay there. But something got a hold of them. See, what we didn't realize is Satan was walking among. He came in the church. He came among the children of God. He came right in our presence. And he snuffed them out of our midst. Sometimes we don't even realize that he done it. It happened so quick that what happened? Happened in my family. I, when my grandson called me, told me he was leaving the church Papa began to cry what happened when did it happen why didn't I notice it come on church let me tell you many of you probably thought the same thing you went through the same thing but a brother Freddie it came to me I'm a minister why 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 didn't I notice it in my own family why you know what? The devil has got us so troubled with the things of the world. I don't, I don't mean this bad. Don't, don't take it wrong. I'm not, but please just preach with me a while this morning because I feel this in my spirit. But, but it, 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 it worries me. Why didn't I notice it? What is wrong with me spiritually? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what happens. Satan comes among us. And he works and whittles away and does it so slowly that we fail to notice what's going on in our midst. It's old Satan that's getting a hold of our mind. Come on. I need to sneeze a little bit. I need to clear my mind of all these things that's bothering us. Because the only thing that's going to matter is your soul and your family's soul. Let me tell you, you cannot take any of these things with it. You know, he's got our mind on getting better this and better that. Come on. He's not... Don't, don't take me wrong. Don't, don't get offended at me. I'm not speaking to any individual in here this morning. I'm speaking to us as a church because we're all in. I'm saying me. We're all in. Oh, if I could just get this, if I could just do a little better here, get a, get a, get a, you know, I, I could, I could use something different. If I could just get this, it'd be blessed and I'd be all right. No, it ain't. It's just something. There's unrest in our spirits uh, that we've got a longing. And we look at the things of the world and they look great. I'm not saying sin. No, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not telling you that it's wrong to have nice things. Don't let me, don't, don't get me wrong. Just, just, be, just preach with me a while. But I'm saying how Satan works on us that if we're not careful, we begin to see things as a blessing of the Lord and they are. But if we're not careful, the thing that really matters to me, my own children, my own grandchildren that are lost. I would begin to look at that, Brother Terry, and I'll say, it just happened. No, it didn't. There was a time that it started, and the sad part about it, as me, as pastor then, come on. As a minister of the gospel for all these years, I did not notice it in my own family. I would have probably noticed it if it would have been in somebody else's family. If it had been maybe some part of even your family, Brother Freddie, I'd have noticed it. I'd have caught it, Brother Terry. It'd been somebody in your family, maybe. But I didn't catch it in my own. 
You know why? Satan blinds us to what's going on in our own family. And we get our eyes on the outside and say, if I could do this or if I could do that. And we wear ourselves out working to do things on the outside when the Lord's trying to tell us, come on, you better stop. Your family's going to be lost. And what are you going to do about that? My family is important. I need God in my family. I need to sneeze a little bit this morning. I need to clear this head of all of those thoughts. And I need to get my mind on God. If I feel this besides me, I'm feeling something in here this morning. Hallelujah. Satan come among them. And he was searching for a soul to wipe out. He's still doing it. Brother Terry, I guarantee in the last few years, you felt like Job. You felt like it was just wiping you out. It was one thing after another, and you lost it all. But maybe in the end, you'll get double. Come on. You know what? Because God was in control. And can I tell you, church, that he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. Let me tell you something. I promise you this by the word of God, that he will not leave you. He'll stay around for the outcome of your situation. We keep forgetting that he's not going to leave us. I know at times we feel like he's not around. God, where are you at when I'm in this mess, Lord? Hey, I've lost my job about to lose my home, about to lose everything I got. Where are you at in all of this? Where are you at? He's not speaking, but I'm going to tell you, there's come a time that God's going to speak to your situation. Somebody in here needs to hear this this morning. I said there's coming a time, even though you don't feel like he's speaking, you don't feel like he's there for you. I want you to know there is a time that God's going to speak to your situation. He's going to hear your prayer. He hears it all the time, but we don't think he does. Dixie, don't you ever give up on Michael. Oh. I won't ever forget going visiting him in the hospital. And I walked in the door, patted him on the shoulder, said, How are you, Michael? How do you know my name? I said, because I pray for you every day. I don't have to know him to pray for him. It may be your family, but I'm still going to pray for him because it's important for us to have our church if we could win our church family, I wonder what we could do in Mount Carmel. Come on. If we could win our own family, I wonder what happened in this church. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I better hurry up. Glory. I've been up here 23 minutes and haven't even got to the second paragraph. Satan come among them to wipe out somebody. Everybody say, that's bad. Oh, Jesus. Elisha, on the other hand, was in a to and fro state. Because he was searching for the life of a child. Everybody say, that's good. <laughs> Woo! Satan was a bad thing, but Elisha said, I got a dead boy laying here, but I'm not planning on him being dead and staying there. Come on. God answered a prayer a few years back, and this, this boy was promised to this, come on, this Shunammite. And she said, she said, did I not tell you? Don't, don't you tease me, don't you? Come on, I'm going to say it in my own words. 
Don't you tease me. Don't you tell me I'm going to get a son and I'm not. Don't you, don't you tell me this stuff. And now he's gone. And I'm not accepting him gone. Come on. I'm saying it like Cedar probably said. Daddy, you send one of these kids, you send one of them workers back to get the mule and all together. Because I'm going to see the man of God. He said, well, hey, it's not Sabbath day. It's not moon, moon. What, what are you doing? He said, it'll be all right. She'll be, she said, it'll be all right, dear. Just, just give me a servant. Woo. She's headed for the man of God. Come on. Can I remind you that Brother Bob grows that even in the midst of death, this lady had sneezed and her head was clear. She was thinking, right? She, was going to, she wasn't saying, I'm going to blame this on God. I'm going to get the man of God because where he's at, he's not going to stay. I'm going to see this guy get up before the day. I'm going to have my son back just like he was a promised son. You think I'm going to give up on the promise? No, 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 no. I'll sneeze a few times and everything will be all right. She went where the help was. Okay, now I'm going to, if I bear down on this a little bit, don't you get mad at me. I'll have prayer with you after church. We'll come to the altar and pray about it. You know? Oh, Jesus. I know I'm walking on thin ice this morning. Well, bless God. Glory. Yeah. God, oh God, help me this morning. Praise the Lord. He's dead, but he's going to be alive. If I can just sneeze and get all this cleared out of my head. Instead, it's like, you know, you know what happens in our day? We come to church and we're not careful and we get offended. Nobody knew they offended you. I'm not here to offend. I'm here to lift up. I'm here to help you with your problems. Come on. I'm the bishop around here. I'm here. I'm here to help you. I am. I'm here to help you. I helped you when I was pastor, I hope. And I'm here to still help you. I'm still here to guide you. When my son needs me, I'm there to encourage him. I didn't even know I was supposed to preach Wednesday night. I didn't know. So I called him and said, something I'm supposed to do Wednesday night? I, I texted him. He texted me back and he said, yeah, Dad, the way that was supposed to go is Brother Mason was going to take care of Sunday night, or Sunday morning. And Brother Zach's going to take care of tonight. And you was going to take care of Wednesday night. He said, sorry, Dad, I guess that leaves you Sunday morning Wednesday. I saw it. Don't be sorry. It's all right, son. I'm just filling in the blanks. Come on, church. Come on, church. God, I didn't get upset. I didn't. Come on. I didn't get upset about it. Now I've got to study. Now I've got this. It's been a busy week. Bless God. It's okay, Lord. You just give me something to preach. And he gave it to me, and I didn't accept it, so... While I was sleeping last night, I got woke up and he said, when are you going to go ahead and do what I told you to do? So I got up this morning, I closed the book on the rest of it. I said, okay, God, I'm right here. He said, okay, I'm ready for you to do something now. Come on, church. We need to sneeze and clear our head a little bit. There needs to be some in touch with God, some in prayer, some seeking him for what I need to do. Well, we're living in an unrest world. 
They're running to and fro. They're searching for something to satisfy. You notice, I have noticed, I have noticed that my kids and my grandkids that are in that backslidden state, they can't find nothing to satisfy them. Sister McGee that bought cars and bought homes and bought this and bought that, and they still haven't found, Brother Joe, anything to satisfy their soul. This is flesh. But what I got to remind you of, and this is the dust of the earth, it is nothing. But I got to remind you that the soul is not mine, but it's God's. Because Brother Bob, he breathed unto me, into me life eternal breath. And I became the image of God because of his breath. Come on, because it's heavenly. Come on. This dust, this body is earthly. But what he breathed in me is heavenly. So I've got the right to heaven or earth, whatever I choose. So may I tell you that our families have chosen the earth, the fleshly. But I want to quicken you to the heavenly. I want you to sneeze a few times. Come on. I want you to clear your head. I want you to get things in proper perspective this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're searching for peace. They're searching for happiness. They're searching for something to solve their problems. Yet even though we have more than we have ever had. Come on. Technology has made it things faster and easier than ever before. Technology has made things so much faster and easier. Come on. But now we're in an unrest state because now we pick, well, I haven't got it with me, but I got that old dumb smartphone over there, the dumbest one I could get because I had to go to a smartphone, couldn't, couldn't get the other no more. So I go to the old smartphone, get, mine goes bad, so I tell them, you give me the lowest whatever you can give me that I can use. And I ain't sure, I can't, I've learned how to use it yet. It's, I've, I've, I'm struggling. I text, and if I don't watch it, I've sent, I've, I've sent it before I'm done. Then I'll have to write another little and say, I'm sorry, I'll get it next go around. So here we go, and we'd go all over again. I still haven't got used to it. Because I'm the old generation. You know. If you're sending me something on Facebook, I won't get it. I don't have it. In fact, my computer, all it is is for studying the Bible. I don't have it hooked up. It's hooked up to electricity, but nothing else. You know why? Because there is too much junk on there that can take my mind from where it belongs to where it shouldn't be. Come on, church. Come on. Maybe I need to preach loving God more than your cell phone again. Yeah, I know I took my little pouch off and I put that phone all over in the pocket. I didn't want that thing hanging on my side and bothering me. And I could even feel it vibrate, you know, or something. And I, I didn't want that, so I put it over there while I'm preaching, you know. Hey, come on, church. You know why? Because I've noticed that nobody has these little holders no more. Most of them put it in their pockets. You know why? Because Sister McGee and I was in Evansville the other day and we seen this young man and... He was walking. He couldn't tell where he was going. He was. I said, look at there, dear. That guy don't even know where he's headed. You know why? He's on the phone all the time. You tell me that it's a God thing for you to have that stupid cell phone and you're on Facebook all day long when you're walking when you ought to be praying for your family. God. That thing can take your attention. It can take your marriage. It can cripple your family. It can take your children and your grandchildren. Come on, church. If God's got to have something that's going to cripple my grandchildren, I'm better off without it. Come on. We need to sneeze a little bit and get rid of some of this junk that's in our head. 
You'd be better off without Facebook a lot of times. There's junk on there. There's more junk than good. I know some, I know some of you disagree with me. That's all right. I don't have it. Maybe, all, maybe it's because all that I hear from Facebook that comes to my ears is blowny. It's something to stop up your ears and to change your spirit in the wrong direction. It messes up your head. You need to sneeze a few times. <sighs> yeah, thank you. I heard that little snap. There's not enough R's in the day to get done what we think we need to get done. Sister McGee and I, and we'll sit down sometimes and we blame it on our age. And you know, we can do that because it's just us. Ain't nobody there argue with us. He said, dear, I just, I know what it is. I just can't get it all done. I aim to get the house clean today and Man, it's, it's just not getting done. There's, can't get it done. Come on. I said, well, dear, I've got so many things to do around home that I aim to get done for winter. And I said, dear, I ain't even started on it. What's going on? You know what? We need to sneeze a few times because that old mobile home sitting over there, it don't matter, but my trip to heaven, Brother Terry, it's worth it all. Come on. You can't buy this thing. Come on. Oh, there's not enough money to buy it. But I'm going to tell you, if we'd sneeze and clear the air a little bit, we'd find out that there are some things to do in the church and it's not getting done. Because our minds is carried away in everything else. Reading books, that's all right. I read books. But I'm telling you, I haven't had no time to read books. This is the only thing I've read, the only book I've read this week is the Bible. I haven't, had I haven't had any time to read. Come on, church. What really matters in our life? Is it our family? Is it God? Or is it Facebook and our friends? Well, glory. Even with all the modern technology, there's not enough time. It saddens me to say the church is in that to and fro state just like the world is. It's the cares of life. It's the jobs. Come on. Satan's got his ways. You have got control a lot of times over your job. They make you work. And now it's 12-hour days, 10-hour days. They care less about your family. They'll tell you they're family people, they're family or no, they're not. All you are is a stinking workhorse. And and you're putting money in their pocket, and as long as you're doing that and make them a wad of money, it's all right. They can't make enough. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They'll take your vacation time to go to church camp. And you can go to the higher power and they'll pay you double, but they won't give you your vacation. Come on, church. I'm talking about we need to sneeze a little bit. There are some things that's got control of our mind that we need to bury. Oh, Jesus. We are busier. I'm sad to say it, but we're busier, Brother Terry, with technology than we are with the word and prayer. We read more Facebook than we do the Word of God. Oh, Jesus. See, the Bible said, and I, I didn't put this up there. It's just only for reference, just so you know that I'm still in the Word of God. But 2 Timothy 3 and 1 says, perilous times is going to come. When lover, men's going to be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. There is going to be a famine of the Word of God. Not because they can't hear it, because they never pick it up. Glory. Perilous times. That Greek word there, that perilous comes from, means difficult times, dangerous times, unrestful times. 
<laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Satan is using everything he can to draw you away from the church and the church of God, the living God and his kingdom. Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Can I break that scripture down for you? You know what that scripture is actually saying? This scripture is saying, Those that seemingly have no right are seizing the moment and going ahead of us that have been taught it. The violent are taking it by force. Those that weren't Jews, if you please, the Gentiles, are saying, well, if you Jews don't want it, I'm going to grab it. You know what? If we're not careful, we as the church are being bypassed by people outside that come in and said, hey, this feels pretty good. While we're sitting here on our duff, not worshiping God, not singing, not praying, not come on. While we're not doing what we ought to be doing in the church, come on. While we're not winning our families and stuff, they're grabbing the whole business and saying, hey, this is pretty good stuff. I like what I feel. So the next thing you know, they're going outside and pulling people into the church. While we that have raised in this all of our life almost have sat here and done nothing to win souls for Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I got a few witnesses in. Yesterday, I got a few in. Yes, I did. Sitting right now, I didn't have to move out of my seat. Come on, church. Right at that wedding, I got a chance. Glory. I said, man, I ain't seeing you near enough here lately. I ain't going to tell you who it was. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I said, yeah, I know. I said, yeah, but you need to be here. I never did see that individual after at the end of that wedding. Come on. They know what they need to be doing. There is people that is out here and Satan has snuffed them out of the church. Yet in their mind they're so troubled and unrest. They are weary with where they're at and not doing anything about it. They're in this place and they think there's no way to come back. Let me tell you, all you got to do is come back through the doors and God will take care of the rest. You don't have to be in an unrest anymore. You can have your peace. You can have your happiness. We have got to somehow sneeze and get rid of all this junk, all this baggage we're carrying. I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. I'm trying to hurry. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 19.30 says, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. I pray that you not find yourself as one of these that have lost your place and others have come after you, are now going ahead of you because of your to-and-fro state. Wondering, but not doing anything. How many times have you just been restless and you wondered about and wasn't really doing anything? I've noticed my wife, and not just my wife, but I've noticed others. If she gets on the cell phone, talking, She's either walking back and forth inside or she goes outside and she's walking back and forth out there. And she's talking. It's unrest. We can't even have peace talking on the phone. Come on. Me, I can sit back in my recliner and I can talk on the phone. Don't bother me none. I don't have to be walking and talking. Maybe we'd be better off to walk and talk. You know, you can witness that way, walk and talk. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. That's all right. I've preached to the quiet too. It's all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then it comes to the place if we're not careful, Satan's worked his way in. And we're cold because of who we're hanging around. 
If you stay around the dog long enough, you're going to get fleas. Especially if you don't put a collar on him or do something to get rid of them things. That's right. Yeah. Or maybe because you've laid out a church too many times. You know, the first Sunday you was really sick. The next Sunday, you felt a little bit bad. And the next Sunday, you just didn't want to go. That's the way it works. You need to sneeze. You need to sneeze. Come on. It's a sad thing, but in our day, even in the church family, this is a bad thing, but it's happening right in our midst. Other things become more important than church. It's all right to take vacations. It's all right to take your camping trips. I'm planning on getting out of here, Sister McGee, and I plan on getting out of here. In August, I don't know, mine's still covered up. I plan on doing something. I'm planning on it. But the Lord's allowed to make me sneeze and then I'm not go. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you my plans are. Come on. Come on, church. But I'm going to tell you, if, if my grandchildren were to come in and come to church, it wouldn't matter where I went camping or not. Come on, if I could get my children saved, that camping could wait. I could sell that thing. Come on. Woo, come on. If I could get my kids and my grandkids in here, that'd mean more to me than that camper. Come on. If Come on, church. Somehow we need to sneeze and get the mind uncluttered. Sister Dixie, you need to pray whether you feel like it or not, hon. No matter. If you don't even feel like it, just, just sit down and say a little prayer anyhow for Michael. Amen. Glory. Come on. I need my family saved. Brother Terry, you got, you got kids. I got kids. We got grandkids that need God. Sister Margaret, you still got a, you still got a boy. I pray for him. I pray for him. I pray for Tracy all the time. Joe, I still mention Galinda's name. I, I pray for Joe. I, don't, I make it a, a thing. I pray for Joe and Galinda and their family. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I pray for little Sarah. She's my favorite little redhead. I told her that yesterday. I said, aren't you my favorite little redhead? What happened to you? You grew up. Where'd you go? How, how'd this all come together? How come? Where, where are you at? Where, what's going on here? And I began to think, what really happened? What really happened? I wonder if we just sneezed a few times. If somehow we could have kept some of these that's walked out our doors. I wonder if we'd come a little earlier to church and go to the prayer room and if we'd pray another 15 minutes, how many of our family would come in, Brother Mike? I wonder what had happened in our family if we'd get on our knees and pray a little bit. Come on. Just a little bit longer. If we'd worship just a little bit longer instead of sitting on our seats and brooding over our day and how things are and where you're at. If we could just sneeze and clear that all of our head and say, Brother Pat, we're going to get up and worship. Come on, brother. Come on, help me a little. Glory. <laughs> brother Pat, this is better than sitting on your front porch. This is better, come on, than working on lawnmowers. This is better than wrapping fire hoses. Woo, come on. Every time you do that, you're sneezing. Come on, the devil don't like to see you do it, but the truth is you're clearing the air for revival. I need to clear the air for revival. I need to move in the Holy Ghost. I need to get my worship back. myself I wasn't going to preach an hour this morning hallelujah hallelujah things have become more important than church the concern for the church and the kingdom of God has been trifled by life itself we can't seem to work church and God into our schedule anymore well I won't be able to be there I've got this 
You understand now, don't you get mad at me? I'm not preaching to no individual. I'm preaching to us as a church. I said us. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm preaching to myself. God. All right, well, just let me just be an open book to you sometime. Sister McGee, down through the, all the years of our pastoring and being bishop, there's been some times that we've said, you know what? It'd be real easy to stay home tonight. You think I don't get bothered with that just like you do? You think at times that we don't get just weary and tired and said, I can't go, let's just go to bed. But you know what? I sneeze a few times, Brother Bob, and I come on to church. Come on. You know why? Because I know that I need not to miss when I can be there. Because there may be a word that's just for me. Come on, church. If I could get that into your head, you may miss the word that God has for you this hour. I don't want to miss that. I want my word. Out. Could be the night you're going to get delivered or healed. Could be the night that God's going to do something in your family. Are you going to stay home and let somebody else take care of it? We've even had times that people come, so well, you know, so and so, where are they at tonight? They was that's the reason I come. The very person that invited them didn't show up. I don't know about you, but I'd be ashamed. I don't care if I had a headache or not, I'd be there. Come on, church. If you're going to get them here, be here to pray them through. If If you're going to invite them, be here to encourage them. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Elisha was in a state of unrest because the life of a child was more important right now than anything else he could do. He had a cold body laying before him right now that was lifeless. He stretched himself upon that cold child until he became cold himself. Understand now, when you get your flesh against flesh that's cold, even a live Worn body. After a while, it'll become cold. Elisha had to get up and take a walk because it took all the heat and he had transferred it to that one that was not breathing. But the Bible said he come back. He didn't stay away long. He, I don't know. I, I got the notion he was going. He's doing a little jogging. He go. He's 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 to and fro in it. <laughs> he's getting warmed up. He's doing it all. He's warming up. And he goes back in and he lays on him again. And he sneezes seven times and gets up. <sighs> Glory. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let me, t- let me tell you something. The spiritually dead need the embrace of the living. I said the spiritually dead need the embrace of the living. A warm body is no good without some sign of life. Too many people in our day don't even realize they're cold. They don't even got a clue. They don't know when it happened. They can't tell you. They don't know when they backslid. They don't know when they turned away from God. Where did it all start? How did this happen? They become numb. Their feelings of God have been lost. They don't realize their own state and where they're at. It's all right to warm somebody else. But if you need to get back to church so you can warm up again yourself sometimes, you need warmth. You need the Spirit to speak to you. Elijah warmed the child up, and then he had to do something about himself. Your body will give off heat until the temperature becomes equalized to whatever you are touching. You can't warm somebody else if you're cold yourself. 
You'll die if you don't get some place to warm by the fire. Come on, church. Come on, people. It's important. You'll die without it. Once a week is not enough. You need it every time you can get it. I need it. I need church. I need your fellowship. Whether you think you do or don't, you need my fellowship. Jesus what do you do when you get cold naturally you get close to somebody who is warm my wife gets gets cold and she's sitting by me you know what she does she snuggles so I turn up the air Let's get a little colder in here, dear. Come on, church. The miracle of Christian life comes through the successive steps of being warmed up. You hear me? Did you hear what I said? I said the miracle of a Christian life comes through successive steps of being warmed up. You got to keep doing it. Church, spiritually speaking, we should be in a to and fro unrest state until our city is evangelized until our family is saved and repented and been baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost we need a move of God we need a to and fro revival that says Lord touch this generation that's cold church this city and county needs the warmth of this body of Christ. I wonder if we're warming it up and are we too cold to even help them? It's sad, but some of you have been around cold so long that you've become cold yourselves and it's time for a warming. We're going to warm close to him, I hope. Or are we going to die of hyperthermia? Are we going to get close to him? See, hypothermia is a medical emergency that occurs when you, your body loses heat faster than it produces heat, causing a dangerous low body temperature, normal body temperature around 98.6. Hypothermia occurs as your body temperature passes below 95 degrees Fahrenheit when your body temperature drops your heart your nervous system and other organs don't work correctly left untreated hypothermia can eventually lead to complete failure of heart and respiratory system and you die where we have this morning The restless state. God help us. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm opening this altar. I hope some way I've encouraged and strengthened you. I didn't come here to drag you down through the mud, but I came here to open your eyes and say, let's get busy with what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Glory. Let's sneeze a few times. Let's, let's get rid of the junk that's in our head. We're carrying so much baggage today, and we can't seem to get rid of it. Oh, Jesus. We even had trouble with the simple things. We have trouble with the tithing and giving and what it's all about. It's, it's really about the church. It's, it's all about God's kingdom. When we pay into this church, this money's going every which way. We're not holding on to it. It's going to missionaries. It's going for prison ministries. It's going for this and it's going for that. It's keeping the lights on this church. The water and it's it's doing all these things. And when we don't have church, if the offering don't come in, it's got to be made up some way. 
So if Sister McGee and I leaves town, know for a surety that we're going to write our checks for tithe and offering, and it's going to be left when we leave. We're going to leave it there. When pastor leaves, he leaves his offerings and his tithing here. We can't even get that straight. It enters in there and it becomes a little bother to us. Sometimes we need to sneeze and get rid of that because it's all for the glory of God. I'm working on it, Bishop. That's all. That's good. I'm glad you are. And I'm not downing you. I'm just saying, let's get it together as a church. I love you all this morning. Let's stand. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.